Well, welcome back to the Generation 2300 podcast. Or if it's your first time listening, then just welcome. Um, Anna Morton here, back with you. And I want to wish you a happy new year. I know January is almost over now, but um, it's our first podcast of 2023. So I'm excited, especially about this topic. I mean, it's so exciting. Um, That's why I picked it. And also very relevant. Um, It is about the temple in Jerusalem. I titled it, There is a Temple Coming. Um, Because I, it seems to me, one of the loudest ticks on the last hour clock is Israel preparing to rebuild the temple. Yes, you heard me right. They actually are. And after looking into it myself, um, this will definitely be a multiple part um, podcast and blog posts um, <clears throat> because there are a few aspects of it that make it exciting and relevant to Bible prophecy that I want to look at closely. Uh, number one, the Bible strongly alludes to a temple physically being there while Israel is gathered in unbelief, not in the millennium. Number three, I mean number two, the Temple Institute. In Israel, they are making all of the preparations to rebuild the temple at the Temple Institute. So we'll be looking at that in an upcoming post. And the number three is the spiritual condition of national Israel, both at this moment and when a third temple is alluded to in Bible prophecy. That's very interesting. Um, so... Uh, we will start with what the Bible says. Makes sense in a blog about Bible prophecy, right? Um, because what's more relevant than what God himself tells us about this temple? So, what exactly does the Bible say about the next Jewish temple in Jerusalem? Um, I would say the passage that comes to mind and is very exciting is in Daniel 9 verse 27 specifically it says but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering now keep in mind the sacrifice and offering bit while we look at the context so verses 24 through 27 of Daniel 9 are like the 30,000 foot view of Israel's future from Daniel's time until the rule of the Messiah on the earth. So there are two aspects I'm going to look at before um, to make it clear, clearer that verse 27 is talking about a rebuilt temple in unbelieving Israel. And those two things are time and events. So time in Daniel 9 is about the 70 weeks. Um, Gabriel comes to Daniel during his service in the Persian Empire while Israel and Judah were still exiled from their land. Um, The first temple built by King Solomon uh, was destroyed by Babylon in 587 BC. And this was not long after the official God-promised seven-year exile of Judah from the land of Israel had begun. That's 589 BC. I mean, they Babylon attacked three times, and this is 
the 70 years of exile plus desolations. It's the desolations that began the seven-year exile. So that was 589 BC. And now we jump ahead 51 years, which brings us to Daniel 9. Verse 1 says, in the first year of Darius. That's how we know. Um, The prophesied 70 years of Israel's captivity, which were, they were spoken of by Jeremiah in his, um, his book, um, that's nearing its end, not too far away. So God tells Daniel what is coming next for your people and your holy city. That's how he refers to them in verse 24. And that's how we know who the prophecy is talking about. So here we go. I will read, um, Verses 24 through 27 to you. So, it begins, 70 weeks are determined to finish finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem, until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublesome times. And after the sixty-two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the Prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood, until the end of the war desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with the many for one week. But in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be the one who makes desolate. Even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. So, verse 24 tells us that the purpose, tells us what the purpose is of these 70 weeks. And actually, sevens would be a more precise translation of the word weeks. Or, if you look up the Hebrew, or, yeah, it says, one of the options is, like, um, heptade. Like, instead of a decade of 10 years, it's a heptate of seven years. Um, but these 77s are to the end. The goal of the 77s is to deal with the sins of Israel and reconcile them to God and bring in the righteous kingdom of God. So that tells us what the goal is. Next in verse 25 tells us when those 77s begin, which is the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem which is recorded in Nehemiah 2, um, which would be on the first of the Jewish month of Nisan, our 14th month, in 445 BC, um, which was when Artaxerxes sends Nehemiah to Jerusalem with letters of permission to use the forests to rebuild the gates and the walls. Now, I didn't come up with those dates. Um, More... uh, uh, wiser and smarter minds than mine have come up with these historians and uh, scholars and things. So 
it's fascinating how they came to those conclusions. Um, just read The Coming Prince by Sir Robert Anderson. That lays it all out in great detail. So, in uh, verse 25, also tells us when the first part of the 77s ends, which is when Messiah the Prince comes. Now, this would be 490, 360 day Jewish years after the command to rebuild Jerusalem. And this was when Jesus of Nazareth rides into Jerusalem, hailed as the coming king. This is the 10th of Nisan, 32 AD, which is our 6th of April, our Gentile calendar. This would be what is referred to as the triumphal entry, which is recorded in the Gospels, like Matthew and Luke have them in there. Um, this is very indicative that this is the day that Daniel is talking about. When the Lord Jesus himself actually said, pointing out this is a significant day that the Jews should have recognized but didn't, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace. <clears throat> now, um, I deliberately said uh, the first part of the 77s, uh, because there is obviously a gap between the 7 and 62 sevens of verse 25 and the 1 7 in verse 27. Because in that gap certain things happen. Messiah the prince is cut off. He does not start ruling. And then the people of the prince who is to come destroy the city and sanctuary. Now, the Bible tells us all about the Messiah being cut off, which are in the crucifixion accounts in the Gospels, plus Isaiah 53. And then history recorded outside the Bible is very vivid in its account of how Jerusalem and the Second Temple were destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans. Would be, you'd read Josephus, the Jewish historian. Um, but we must remember that these two things are not a part of the 77s. A quick plug for a book here. Um, Daniel's Prophecy of the 70 Weeks by Dr. Alva McLean. That's Daniel's Prophecy of the 70 Weeks. <clears throat> um, it's a nice short book, um, digestible and enlightening study of this subject, 70 weeks. So, back to verse 27. Let's look closely at it. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. In the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. Then... A very important word when you're working with timing. So far, I mean, Daniel's only been told about 62 plus 7 sevens and what happens after them. But God originally said in verse 24 that there would be 70 of them. He hasn't covered the 70 week, the 70th one yet. So what's happened to the last week? Then. Then what? Well, he, the prince that shall come of verse 26 shall confirm a covenant with many of your people. Remember verse 24. 417. That's <laughs> F-O-R. 
one seven one week and there it is this week which is coming after messiah is cut off and the city and sanctuary are destroyed is still coming so why do i emphasize sanctuary because this verse is talking about the second temple built in nehemiah's time and destroyed by rome so where are the sacrifices and offerings of verse 27 even happening it's the third temple. So now let's look at the events more specifically in the 70 weeks. We have already covered a lot of the events because they're tied to the time. But um, there's still a few things to look at. So a very, uh, quite, we'll try to be succinct here. What happens in those 77s? Uh, number one. There is a command to restore and rebuild the street and wall of Jerusalem. And the remnant in Israel builds up the city under Nehemiah. Um, this plus the building of the second temple are recorded in Ezra and Nehemiah in the Bible. So number two, uh, Messiah the Prince comes at the end of the 69 sevens. Number three, after the 69 sevens, the Messiah is cut off. And the people of the prince who is to come destroy the city and sanctuary. Then, number four, the 70th seven begins with the confirmation of a covenant made by the prince who is to come and the many of Daniel's people. In the middle of the seven, the prince will bring an end to sacrifice and offering and make desolate with abominations. Then number five, uh, then the desperate the determined consummation will come from God being poured out on the prince who caused the desolation. Number six, when it is all over and the 77s end, transgressions and sins will be ended, reconciliation will be made for iniquity, and everlasting righteousness will be brought in with the anointing of the articles of the temple, sealing up vision and prophecy. So, what about the third temple? Now that we've looked at the context, um, can you see like the third temple in this passage? And do you see why there has to be one? And it has to be a third temple as opposed to also the last temple in Daniel 9.27. Because, as we know, the second one was and continues to be destroyed. And until... The world actually sees Jesus Christ riding a white horse in the clouds, coming as the conquering Messiah. We won't get the temple promised by God to be built in his kingdom on earth. So now I realize I need to mention another temple coming here. Um, to avoid confusion, particularly when we're reading Ezekiel, uh, there will be another temple in the millennial kingdom that's specifically mentioned um, after Jesus Christ returns to earth as king in the second coming I mean it's hard to miss the description of a new temple in uh, like the a whole eight chapters in Ezekiel <laughs> 40 through 48 um, and you'll hear prophecy teachers refer to it as the fourth temple or the millennial temple 
And it's fair to ask, you know, how do we know that this isn't the one referred to in Daniel 9? Because the Jews think this is the next temple, the one built by the Messiah. Um, well, uh, because the one in Ezekiel squares with everything in the Old Testament that tells us about the kingdom of God on the earth. Like, Israel will possess all of the land that God's promised her. That's in Ezekiel 48, you know, from, well, he promised Abraham the land from the, like, the river of Egypt to the river Euphrates. They obviously don't have that right now. And it doesn't look like they will either. Also, Israel will be, Israel is where God's throne will be and where the soles of his feet will be at this time. That's in Ezekiel 43, verse 7. Um, <clears throat> also, God will be in the midst of his people. There will be peace for Israel and peace in the world. Um, and God will be ruling when this temple is built. He'll be ruling the earth, literally. This happens once the 70 weeks are fulfilled and the everlasting righteousness has been brought in. How else could that happen unless God was physically ruling on the earth, <clears throat> according to the Bible? That's how that happens. So, I mean, does bringing in bringing an end to sacrifices and offerings in the temple and then someone committing abominations and desolations in the temple sound like a time when God is ruling the earth from his throne in Jerusalem? This just does not square with the millennial kingdom. Um, so I think it's fair to say that Daniel 9.27 is a different time and a different temple. Well, now that we've looked at Daniel 9, let's look at what Jesus says about a third temple. Um, because Jesus Christ actually speaks about Daniel 9.27 specifically. He says in Matthew 24, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Uh, the reference to Daniel is hard to miss, but do you catch the reference to a temple in there? I mean, where exactly is the holy place that he mentions? Well, we can look, need look no further than like Exodus 28 and 29 and Leviticus 16, 1 Kings 8. They have multiple references to the holy place. And it's clear that it's a reference to the temple or in the case of Exodus, a tabernacle. But it's the same because it's where God is worshipped by Israel. Uh, so uh, it's also helpful to note that it's the same temple that Daniel is referencing, which is the third temple. They're talking about the same place at the same time. Um, and that's why an abomination of desolation is in this temple. I mean, remember the one who's causing desolations in Daniel 9.27, uh, that prince? Well, Jesus is actually speaking about that very event 
when he brings an end to sacrifice and offerings in the middle of the last seven. Um, then he brings to light another important part of the prophecy, which had been previously unknown. This wasn't in Daniel, but it adds to the identity and character of the prince. Um, so when the Jews see this happen, they should run. The abomination, the breaking of the covenant in the third, in the middle of the week, um, because it's clear that the prince has betrayed them, declaring himself to be God, which is in Second Thessalonians 2, but we won't go there right now. You can look it up, and we'll probably talk about it again in the future. So, another question I think we ought to ask, and that some of you may be asking, is what is the big deal? about a third temple. Why am I so excited and even talking about this? Well, I will leave the long answer for the next post or two, or podcast and post, um, but the short answer I'll just give you right now is it's an integral part of future Bible prophecy. And also, the possibility that it will be built soon is becoming more and more, uh, well, possible. Um, which means that we should be even more expectant of the Lord's return for his church. I mean, it all can always happen at any moment. But, I mean, really, it could happen at any moment. And this just adds to that expectancy. Um, so in the next post, Lord willing, I will be looking more in depth at the very exciting, from a prophetic point of view, developments in Israel connected to the Temple Institute mostly. And well, I'd like to thank you for listening. And also remember, you can find me under Generation 2300 on uh, Spotify and Google Podcasts, Anchor, Rumble, uh, YouTube and Telegram, and I'm under Anna.Gen2300 on Instagram, and it's also uh, the blog, which I'll put a link in the description. It's at Gen2300.com. So, thank you again. So glad you could join me, and hopefully I will catch you next time. Of course, unless the rapture comes first.